Back to the Jam Room Podcast. How's your week been out there? It's uh, it's actually on Monday today. We're actually doing this episode on Monday, and it should be released uh, today. If, if you're listening to this, then yes, it was released on Monday. And so we're back on schedule. Uh, sorry about the last couple of weeks, guys. It's been busy. It just is what it is. Um, it's been fun, though. Finally, we got some fucking decent weather over the weekend. I actually jumped in the pool last night just to cool off. It was... Something that just had to happen. It's like a ritual, right? Gets to a certain temperature and you're like, fuck it, I gotta do it. And it was fun. But yeah, hopefully you guys have had a fantastic week out there. Listened to some music, played some music, created something. Who the hell cares? We're just, you know, you do you guys and, and have fun doing it. Because uh, that's what life's all about, right? I had, um, I had a weird weekend, guys. I, uh, I went out to this like weird quiz night on, a, on Friday. And it was held at like my my parents' like local pub, which is in a suburb just here in Perth. Um, and it happens to be an extremely British area of Perth, right? So everybody's old and British. And um, you know, my, my, one of my dad's mates was putting on a quiz night. It was like his first one. He's trying to get into it. He's putting on some comedy and a quiz and a DJ and all that sort of shit. So he had just bought a bunch of tickets for it, and we all had to go down. So it was. My parents and my brother and sister and all of our partners, right? And I think just like the six of us, like siblings and partners that are all in our 30s, I think we made a huge dent on the average age group of the entire venue. We probably brought it down from 60 to about 55 just from us being there, which is is good news. You don't want an average age of 60. Um, But yeah. It was full of old fucks, and um, I'm doing a quiz, and it's a very British-themed quiz, which, you know, luckily for, for, for us, like, we kind of grew up with um, British TV shows and music and all that sort of shit, so we got through it. I don't know what we came. We didn't win. We certainly didn't win, uh, but we had a lot of fun, and I was fucking, you know, tearing it up, and just the weird thing, like, you know when you go to a quiz night, there's like, they do a couple of rounds, you know, they take a little break in between. A bunch of rounds, maybe three or four rounds, whatever the fuck it's going on. Um, you know, first of all, thank God my sister was there because she keeps up with like pop culture and she knows the names of people and who they're dating and what the fuck's going on and all that sort of um, TMZ style shit. So I don't think I answered a single question. I just let everybody else at the table sort of deal with it. Um, but in between each of those rounds, uh, they had a comedian come up and, and do like a little five minutes. Um, really tough room to be doing comedy and, uh, really tough room to be doing comedy if you're like a beginner comedian anyway. Right. And so like, I was, I was just laughing at just how much everybody was bombing really felt bad. Some of them got a couple of good jokes in there and like, ah, whatever, you know, there was some female comedian came up and literally her whole, whole, whole act was, uh, I'm divorced. That was it. That was the joke. And she seems to be pretty happy about it. All right. Cool. That's what it is. I don't know if it went down very well in the room because, like I said, they're all old. 
Should have made some fucking, I don't know, whatever fucking jokes these old British people like. Maybe something about Only Fools and Horses or something they remember. I don't know. But yeah, it was a fun night. I got absolutely annihilated. Drank, had fun, caught an Uber home, all that sort of stuff. It's just like, it's a weird thing. Like, I love a good quiz night, but like, I don't, I don't really get the themes for it. Like, that that particular pub is so fucking British that I'm pretty sure. Now, this was a couple of years ago. I'm pretty sure they were responsible for selling the most amount of Kilkenny, which I know is Irish. Don't don't don't, don't fucking come at me. Um, I think they were responsible for selling the most amount of Kilkenny than any other pub in the world. Right? You you got to really wrap your head around that that some suburban pub in the north of Perth, Australia sells more Kilkenny, a great national Irish drink or whatever, um, than any single pub in Ireland or the UK at large or anywhere else in the world. Like, that's how British this fucking little nook is. And that's kind of the nook I grew up in. You know, this is what it is. You just expect British people. And you know when British people get to a certain age, um, like... Their alcoholism just becomes obvious, right? They're all just red-faced. So, yeah, it was just a crowd of red-faced British people. That's it. Um, fun times. Fun fucking times, guys. But, um, yeah, I did that on the weekend and just potted around the garden. Had to do some family shit Saturday night and all that sort of stuff. So, it's it's fun times. Fun times around here. And uh, the sun was out, so, yeah, it was all good. Felt fucking productive this weekend, guys. But you know what? I didn't get around to recording any music or playing as much music as we would have liked to. So we'll talk about all music stuff a little bit later. Because um, <laughs> it didn't take long. It really didn't take long here in, in, in Western Australia for our um, dictator premier to sort of like lose his grip, right? So he, he made a whole... like There's a three-tier system going on, guys. We all know that there's going to be a two-tier system of like classes in society of vaccinated and unvaccinated, right? We already know that. That's coming. You're an absolute lower piece of shit scum citizen uh, if you choose not to get vaccinated. That They've already made that pretty fucking obvious, right? But then there's also this other tier of um, being rich and vaccinated or culturally significant and vaccinated and just vaccinated. So it's a three-tier system, right? There's the elite class, there's the vaccinated class, unvaccinated class, right? And that just got exposed over this week because our Premier made all these exceptions for a fucking British cricket team to come and play cricket. To play cricket, like the shittest game in the world, right? Cricket fucking sucks. I like playing it and stuff like that, but to watch, it's just fucking god-awful, right? It's just a terrible sport. But... He's made exceptions for this team to come over to play our big Ashes tournament, which is some bullshit rivalry that goes on between Australia and the UK. Um, so they don't have to quarantine as much. They're allowed in, all that sort of shit. And so there's people that are fully vaccinated all over the world trying to see their fucking families for Christmas and they can't. And so obviously the Premier was accused of double standards, obviously, and all that sort of stuff. And he's sort of saying, he's like, oh, I just can't win. I can't win. It's like, you can, only, you can win by being consistent. You can definitely do that. Like you just have to be consistent. That's the way you win. And also, don't be a cunt. But he's been both of those things—an inconsistent cunt. And um, 
I don't know, his son's fucking um, graduating year 12 this year and he's going to leave us. And so there's a whole bunch of warnings that came out for the Leavers kids. And I can't fucking wrap my head around this, guys. Uh, please help me because I might be completely fucking off with this. Like, So I'll give you a bit of context. Um, Leavers is a thing that we celebrate here in, in, in Perth. I don't know. I guess it goes on all over Australia. But we call it Leavers. And it's for the kids that are graduating high school that year, right? They finish their exams and they party. And they just kind of descend on normally like little um, little rural towns outside of the city and just have a good party, right? Some people go to Rottnest, some people go further, they go whatever. It's not a place to go. It's just what all the school leavers for that year do, right? And so this is happening in, in, in the next week or so. Apparently, if they want to partake in any festivities, which the government have somehow over the last few years taken control of... They have to prove that they've been vaccinated with at least one shot, right? But this is a this is a state like these poor fucking kids. The mandates only came out a few fucking weeks ago. They're hardcore studying for their exams and shit, um, and then they just want to party and blow off some steam afterwards. We're living in a state with zero COVID cases, zero, none anywhere. What does it matter? Like, like the mandate for people with their jobs and like the borders aren't going to open for months and months. Um, all the mandates for the jobs, like I mentioned, like uh, fucking happening December, January next year, stuff like that. But for some reason, these kids have to be vaccinated in order to fucking party. And like, if they do anything like to try and dodge the system, they're facing fucking insane fines, right? Our police commissioner is threatening all this bullshit. It's like, we want this generation of kids to be able to fucking think for themselves, right? And be good people and be like smart, um, problem solvers, critical thinkers, all that sort of shit. And you want to put this on them? That they have to be vaccinated to celebrate their exams that are happening in a part of uh, a period of time that has zero risk. But you have to do this thing to mitigate a risk to a fucking problem that doesn't exist. Like, it's it's just going to fuck with people's minds. I don't know what's going on. It seems like it's like our government's like just grasping at straws because there's been a lot of backlash. I saw the fucking protests in Melbourne over the weekend. There was thousands of people out there. Absolutely thousands protesting this mandate. Here in the West, because we don't have our fucking borders open, so we have zero cases, there's a bit of complacency. Like, people aren't in a rush to get it. We're taking our fucking time. We're making up our own minds about it. But to do this to the kids, like, that, that's fucked up. Like, Leavers is not a place. It's not a check-in, check-out sort of thing. It's literally just the town square in some random town. What, are you going to put up fucking fences around a town square and let vaccinated people in and, not, and unvaccinated people get left out? Well, guess what? Your fucking party's going to spill onto the streets then, aren't, isn't it? Like, of course it is. That's the only thing that should happen. You're supposed to be rebellious when you're that fucking age. You shouldn't be taking a fucking needle from the government just because they say so, especially when it doesn't exist in our state. That's not a conspiracy theory. I'm not saying COVID doesn't exist. I'm saying it doesn't exist in our state. Check the numbers. They're all donuts, guys. They're all donuts. But, you know, our government has lost so much fucking touch with, like, how we should, you know, win hearts and minds for this. So they, they've rolled out this new ad campaign, guys. 
uh, to try and speed up the process of people getting the vaccine here in um, Western Australia or the whole country, right? And it's based on an advert campaign that uh, ran in the 90s that was apparently successful, so they just rejigged it, right? And so this ad campaign that ran in the 90s was called like Get a Job, and it was just like a little jingle about people wanting to get a job. And there's a sinister fucking irony about it. But, but first of all, I'll get into it. Um, listen to this. This is this, this, like, I found it on YouTube. This is from like 98 or something, like end of the 90s. So this is like a, a bunch of like, I don't know, B-list Australian celebrities, maybe, um, doing this little song, trying to encourage people to get a job through this particular employment agency or whatever. And so the ad campaign was called Get a Job. And the song sounds a little bit like this. This is the one from the 90s. Have a listen. Get a job. Get a job. Get a job. Get a job. Unemployment national. We get people for jobs and jobs for people. Yeah, it's fine. There's nothing... You know, let's get a job, buh, 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 whatever, like, let's get a job. So they rejigged it. So, like, they did this insane just twist of words, right? Like, I can't believe, like, I have no idea what manpower they put in to come up with this. Instead of get a job, it's get a jab now. Holy shit, revolutionary, right? What a punt. Get a jab. And instead of, like, bringing in, like, relevant people to, to recreate this fucking masterpiece of advertising, they bought in the same guys that were barely relevant in the 90s. Barely relevant to the older generation that they were encouraging to get jobs in the 90s, right? They bought back the same people. So way less relevant. Way less relevant people. No idea who the fuck they even are. And they've come up with this atrocity of an ad campaign. Have a listen. Get a So there's, there's, there's quite a bit to unpack here, right? First of all, it's kind of weird that something that was based on like trying to get people employed originally, right? Now you can't get employed unless you have the jab. So they did this weird fucking thing. All right, let's just take the get a job thing to get a jab thing and then get a job, right? So they, they twisted all that around. But also, did you hear how fucking childish and... Like, just condescending that fucking thing is? Like, what self-respecting adult is going to get convinced by a bunch of fucking... Art? And you should see the video for this, guys. They're, like, doing the thumbs up and then jabbing their thumb into their arm like a, like a fucking like a needle, right? So it's like, get a jab. They put the thumbs up and then put their thumb in their fucking arm, right? And, like, like what self-respecting adults at home going, like, oh, yeah, that that's what I'm... Yep, I was just waiting for someone to tell me that. Fuck yeah, this is, yeah, these guys are awesome, I love it. No one's doing that. This is the most condescending bullshit. So the way I'm thinking about it, that there's got to be, like, there's one of two things that are going on here. Either the government has a sense of humor, right? 
I know, I know I'm stretching. I know I'm stretching already. But the, so the, either the government has a sense of humor and sort of realizes that or is making a joke at the expense of unvaccinated people, right? Saying these fucking unvaccinated people are just childish idiots. So let's give them a childish, stupid fucking ad because that might appeal to them. Treat them like children. It's kind of funny. Not going to work, but it's still a little bit funny, right? Or they actually think the population of Australia, an intelligent population of Australia, like that actually has questions and serious things, is going to be swayed by this. So either they're incompetent idiots that think that this is fucking thing's going to work, or they're incompetent idiots with a little bit of a sense of humor. Uh, I don't really know. But I'd like to know what you think about this ad campaign. Is this going to win over hearts and minds, guys? Like, it's a fucking Wiggles song, pretty much. It's of that caliber. And, you know, these, you know, are they going to win by just talking down to everybody as, and treating us like fucking children? Probably, because it's backed up with people with guns and they're going to take your job. So, yep, it's probably all going to work fine for them, regardless of the garbage, horseshit fucking advertising campaigns that they come out with and spend all of our fucking taxpayers' money on, right? Wicked. Thanks, guys. Tremendous. Like, I was reading the comments when they released this fucking advert campaign and I saw it on Twitter reading the comments and there was just a ton of people just like, guys, I want to unvaccinate my vaccine now. Like, this makes me... I don't want to be part of that team. Like, if, you, if you're a like a like just a conscientious objector where you just want to wait, see what the science says, whatever don't think it's going to work, you don't want to be doomed to a lifetime of fucking booster shots or whatever, you don't really know how mRNA vaccines are going to work in the long term because no one knows. Um, you just have those, and then they do this, it's like, well, wait a minute. Why would I want to be that? There's, there's no possible way I want to be in the group of fucking retards that put this shit out and are fucking cool with it and think it's great. So it's, 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 like, it's like an anti-ad. Whatever they thought they were going to do with it, they're going to do the exact opposite and make people fucking run for the hills. It's like, shit, this is a society I do not want to be a part of, you know? And there's <coughs> always been that interesting part to me, guys. Like, they say, and I'm not going to get fucking super conspiracy, conspiratory fucking tinfoil hat on you guys. Um, but you know when there was the concerns of like, oh, how is this, this new vaccine, this experimental thing fucking changing, you know, it, it might be mind control, it might be fucking population, uh, whatever, it's going to make you infertile, it's going to turn you magnetic, it's going to fucking give you better 5G or some shit, which sounds like a plus. Um, I don't know about you guys, but everybody I've ever met that's been vaccinated seems to be a bit more self-righteous than they used to be. There's something going on. There's still something weird going on. I don't know. It's just what it is. It's fucking what it is, but yeah. Tell me what you guys think. Do you reckon this is a wicked advertising campaign? Or do you reckon it's fucking god-awful? The way the rest of Australia should interpret this fucking thing because it's, it's either the government's got a sense of humor and is treating unvaccinated people like children to sort of just sort of, you know, have a bit of a pun. Or it actually thinks we're of that intelligence level that that's going to be effective. That's going to be effective, right? You know, doing a wiggle song for fully grown adults to sort of get them to eat their veggies or some shit. It's just so fucking stupid. Yeah, it is what it is. But anyway, over the week, I was able to fucking catch up with some podcasts. I haven't checked in on Rogan for a long time, guys. 
I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you might have heard of Joe Rogan, right? Um, but he had a fucking great week of podcasts. And, um, I, you know, I was watching Snoop Dogg all over weekend. It was like a three-hour-long podcast with Snoop on fucking Rogan. Tremendous. I went down a rabbit hole a few months ago trying to get a bit of an education into hip-hop. I should have just watched that fucking episode if it had existed. Because, guys, it's fucking sick just hearing about all these old stories and, like, the East Coast, West Coast fucking media created that entire beef between them. And, you know, Tupac got involved with it and kind of blamed the East Coast guys for killing whatever. Like, it's fucking interesting, guys. Like, Snoop Dogg's a fucking national treasure. There is no one in the world that has a fucking problem with Snoop Dogg, right? He's just a lovable, fucking adorable chihuahua. That's what he is. He's just a very lanky chihuahua. And fucking, that was a cool podcast. Check it out. But like earlier in the week, Rogan had, um, he had uh, some fucking killers uh, as far as like comedians go. He had fucking Mark Norman, Shane Gillis and um, Ari Shafir on uh, just for like a shooting shit fucking podcast. And it was hilarious. It was fucking awesome. Shane Gillis smashing the beers, um, getting better and better as the podcast uh, bubbles away. Highly recommend you check it out. But that was the podcast that he's getting into trouble for because at some point, not really into trouble, but at some point in the podcast, he, he, um, Rogan mentioned that he could probably suck his own dick, right? And so Saturday Night, Night Live already did a sketch about it on Saturday. A fucking hilarious sketch. Fucking hilarious. You know, bringing up the horse dewormer and all that sort of shit. Um, Jesus Christ, what the fuck happened to Saturday Night Live, eh? On a little fucking tangent here, like I grew up loving Saturday Night Live, which is rare for a, an Australian child to watch fucking Saturday Night Live every week. But we always had like a Foxtel or, a, you know, some kind of Comedy Central channel um, going on. And I used to watch Saturday Night Live every week. I was a huge Mike Myers fan, Chris Farley, all that sort of shit. That was like my generation, the Sandler, David Spade kind of generation of Saturday Night Live. And looking back on it, it all wasn't as funny as I remember it being. A lot of it, I thought was funnier because I thought there was jokes I just didn't get and wasn't old enough to get. But then you look back and it's like, oh, no, I got it back then. It sucked. Um, but there was other stuff that was absolutely fucking hilarious. But these days it fucking stinks. So they they try to fucking make some fun of, of Joe Rogan for fucking saying he could suck his own dick. Like, I listened to this podcast, guys. Well, I watched it. I watched it on um, Spotify. Uh he was talking about his flexibility and that it's something he could do because of his flexibility, right? And the thing that stands out to me the most, like, I don't think that's that controversial at all. Like, just someone saying, yeah, I'm flexible. I could probably do this, you know? You know, that's like someone having a problem with, like, like oh, yeah, I'm flexible. I could, I could touch my toes. Why would you want to touch your feet? They're dirty. God, God, that's gross. It's just to, to prove a point about your flexibility, right? But either way, that's pretty interesting to say that you could probably suck your own dick. The thing that stood out to me was that fucking, he's been doing podcasts for, for 30 years. And he hasn't mentioned that once yet. That's cool. That should be a massive fucking prop to somebody. It's like, holy shit, you, you're sitting on this nugget of comedy about you being able to suck your own dick for this many years and it never came out in a podcast. And he does like, 23 hours of podcasts every week, right? And he never once mentioned his fucking, his like self-fulfilling prophecy of dick sucking. Like that's, that was, that's crazy to me. Anyway, really good podcast uh, this week from Rogan. Check them out, guys. Fucking of course. But 
Yeah, he's had a bit of a lull for a while. And I agree when he says I'm fucking tired of scientists. We're all fucking tired of scientists on Rogan. We want some fucking laughs, guys. Like, that's, that's what we want, right? Hey, hey. All right, let's get into some new music. I know over the last uh, few weeks, I've kind of been talking about some more pop releases. There's just been a lot of them, guys. You know... I understand you might not all be ABBA fans listening to this podcast, like the weird pie-graph, not, not pie-graph, fucking Venn diagram of ABBA fans and Jam Room podcast fans. I don't even think those Venn diagrams touch each other, but I was still talking about ABBA, of course. Like, it's fucking ABBA, right? Same with all the other shit. I talked about Coldplay, Ed Sheeran, fucking all these massive... Like, just to let you guys know that they're out there, it's what it is, and I was listening to them that week, and that's what I'm going down. That's what I'm listening to this week. But I figured I would check out some more fringy, get back into the prog sort of realm for this week, right? So I've got some shit that you guys probably haven't heard of. And because I know a lot of people haven't heard of it. I've got more listeners than these guys do, it seems. Um, For some of the bands that I'm talking about. But anyway, the first one... Uh, it's fucking called The Osiris Club, right? The Osiris Club. They're out of the UK, these guys. Um, so November 12th, they released an album uh, called uh, The Green Chapel. The Green Chapel. I don't know if that's a weed reference. Who knows? Most things that say green are a weed reference. I was once in a bowling team called Greenland, and no one picked up on it. But they definitely got... a. Uh, suspicious if like between every game we would take a 20 minute break out in the car park but it is what it is uh, <laughs> shout out greenland that was a fucking wicked uh bowling team we had so much fucking fun with that bowling team oh sharpie oh that guy was out of control we had this dude in our bowling team no sharpie and he, this is just a fucking i don't know why i'm taking this tangent we're supposed to be talking about osiris club but I'll tell you this one fucking story like sharpie god like we were doing this um yeah, we're in a team. We're in a bowling team. It was like every Friday night or some shit like that. Uh, we just bowl. It was just a chance for us to sort of drink and hang out and fucking bowl and, you know, whatever. It was just stupid. This was like early 20s, right? I was in my early 20s. Uh, we had a guy on our team, Sharpie. This guy was fucking out of control. One of the funniest guys ever. Had one of the most insane laughs ever. You get him fucking cracking up and he just had like his, he had like one of those inhaling laughs, right? Like he would start off just, <laughs> and he'd be like having a fit. And that would be 10 minutes of him just doing that. And then that laugh would make everybody else laugh. And then them laughing would make him laugh even more. So it would just be this fucking absolute feedback loop of uh, Sharpie's hysterical laugh. But I remember one day we were fucking waiting for him at the bowling alley, right? And his mum pulls up uh, to drop him off. And she winds down the window. And his mum was a fucking champion, right? Winds down the window. is like, guys, he shouldn't be bowling. He's had way too much to drink. Blah, 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 blah. He turns around and just whips his dick out and starts waving it at his mum. And we're all there. There's, there's like fucking children trying to walk into this bowling alley. And this guy's off his chops. It was tremendous. I lost it laughing. <laughs> and we had to control him. I don't think he scored very well that night. Um, I don't even know if he made it to the end of the game. But anyway, what were we talking about? We're talking about Osiris Club. Uh, the Green Chapel is the album. Uh, it's prog rock, guys. Um, and these uh, these dudes, there's like a, like a two-singer kind of style going on there. And I don't know if it's the same singer that's doing this voice-blending kind of thing throughout it. Because some songs definitely remind me of, like vocally, of James Labrie from Dream Theater. 
Um, whether you like his voice or hate his voice or whatever, it's just what it is. But it's also kind of blended with that and like a Steve Wilson from Porcupine Tree kind of vibe. And if you were to tell a prog rock band that they sound like a combination of Dream Theater and Porcupine Tree, they'll fucking love it. That's high praise for a, a fairly unknown prog rock band, right? However, if they're trying to chisel out their own market and their own fucking audience and all that sort of stuff, uh, you don't want to be a ripoff of anything. But um, it wasn't Dream Theater-ish in music sort of construction, I guess. There, there, there is a lot of riffs that do remind me of Dream Theater, but it doesn't have the wanky sort of like shifting directions and pivoting into different time signatures and stuff as abruptly. So it was, it's kind of all right. There's some parts that are just like t kind of tooly as well, which I've always hated that tool's been lumped into the prog rock category with the likes of Dream Theater because they are fucking night and day. Tool are good, Dream Theater, whatever. Um, so, uh, but, but there are some riffs in this uh, Green Chapel album that are just absolute tool ripoffs. For sure, it is what it is. If you like that, you're going to like this, of course. It's kind of a weird blend. They're, they're chiseling out their niche. It's kind of cool. It is what it is. They're called the Osiris Club out of the UK. Um, the new album, uh, The Green Chapel. Check it out. Um, on to the next one. Another prog rock band, but these guys are out of Finland this time. And on the same day, I think. I think it was still a November 12 release or something like that. Uh, what's the date today? Shit, 15th. All right, so that must have been a Friday release, right? Something like that. Anyway, so this band's called PRP. Don't know what it stands for, but I'm going to have a guess. Uh, because this is their first release, guys. Um, they did a couple of singles, but these singles appear on this album. So this is their first album release. It's called No Pristine Rubbery Perception. All right? A completely coherent sentence right there. No Pristine Rubbery Perception. That's the name of the album. Which makes me believe that PRP, their band name, stands for Pristine Rubbery Perception. That's just me guessing. What are the odds that it's otherwise? I don't know. It's just, yeah, anyway. But um, this is like a, it's not so much a band. This is just two dudes that like kind of produce everything themselves. So, you know, they'll be programming drums, doing guitars, vocals, fucking synths, all that sort of shit. Um, and they were cool. This was a pretty cool album. Like, uh, I know it's a Finland band. But they don't sing in Finnish. It's got English lyrics. They've got some cool harmonies. They've got a bit of soul to them, these guys. And uh, I definitely recommend it. I, I would, would check this one out because they, they, they fuck with polyrhythms. So there's like threes going as well as fours. You know, guitars will be in one time signature. Drums are in another. It, it kind of throws you a little bit um, like mentally when you're trying to wrap your head around it. But once you get the count of one thing versus the other thing. You're like, all right, I know how polyrhythms work. I mean, it doesn't, didn't really confuse me, but to the average listener, it might seem like difficult listening, but just be patient because it's fucking cool. Like they don't go like full choppy, changey, fucking mushugary or at all. And they get nowhere near as heavy as that, by the way. So they're kind of in that, that lighter prog wheelhouse, but you know, they fuck with distortion. They can fuck with that. That's cool. But yeah, check them out, guys. PRP. These guys um, have like, uh, like every song on this new album has still like a less than a thousand listens on Spotify. So bump that up, guys. Listen to the album. Um, if you like it, listen to it a few times, you know, follow them on social media and all that sort of shit. PRP. The album's called uh, No Pristine Rubbery Perception. And it's all right. It's not bad at all. But um, 
Last album I want to talk about is just an album that I should have talked about a long time ago uh, because I listened to it a long time ago, but didn't want to put it in the podcast. I can't remember. We might have talked about it or not, um, but I have been listening to it quite a bit this week, so I'm going to mention it. It's by Fat Freddy's Drop, and it's called um, Wairunga. I've probably pronounced that incorrectly. W-A-I-R-U-N-G-A. Wairunga? Wairunga? Runga? 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 Something like that. All right. Uh, but this one came out like late August, and I remember listening to it, and I recognized the song from it, so I didn't really think it was a, like a full like original album. But then when I started fucking with it again this week, it was like, holy shit, no, I haven't heard that before. This is sick. I, and so I had it on a bit of a loop, and it, it's really fucking cool. If you know nothing about Fat Freddy's Drop, find out about Fat Freddy's Drop. And I'm here to help you guys, because Fat Freddy's Drop, I fucking love. These guys are out of New Zealand. They're not a normal band, right? I mean, they've got a, a singer who's got a fantastic voice. They've got a, a DJ instead of a drummer. They've got um, guitars, bass, and they've got a fucking horn section of three dudes on horns. And these guys just groove and fucking riff it up. And they make hooks and they're just there. And it's sick. So like they're kind of like a reggae dub band. Like It's a reggae vibe, but there's horns. and It's just Fat Freddy's, guys. And like I've seen Fat Freddy's a, a bunch of times. And, and one time, um, what's that fucking amphitheater out in the hills of Perth? Not Bellevue, 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 Bellevue Amphitheater. Not that one. There's the other one, the one that's all more concrete or whatever. Something rock or whatever. But anyway, I saw a show out there, fucking, you know, a little bit lit up or whatever. But it was one of the funnest shows I've ever seen in my life. Everybody around was just dancing, having a great time. These guys just fucking tore it up. And the reason why I want to let you guys know about Fat Freddy's Drop is that they're a jam band. They improvise a lot. And I want to show you at the end of this episode, like, Fat Freddy's jamming, right? Because they've got a DJ, so that makes you think that, all right, shit, they know where the start and the end of the song is, right? Because a lot of DJs just do that. Um, no, not the case. These guys are way more sophisticated than that. The vocalist does, like, live looping and harmonizing and stuff like that, and Everyone just fits their pocket. Like they've just got the amazing fucking maturity about them. So when they're on stage, that they have a chemistry that allows everybody to fit a pocket and no one's fucking taking over anybody else's space. It's just wicked. Um, so definitely check out this album because it's kind of uh, beautiful as well. Like it's it's not as hard hitting and dancey like 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 four on the floor sort of shit like compared to their previous work. But it's got all the elements, it's got all the elements, and I'm going to leave you with some Fat Freddy's drop at the end of this episode, um, a long one. Um, this, uh, i got, I got to show you this, guys, just to let you know about the jamming side of it. This is a jamming podcast. I appreciate improv music. I appreciate fucking risk-taking and just, like, throwing it out there, you know? Show you're working out. That's kind of a motto of ours, right? Um, so this song is uh, called Shiver Man, and Shiver Man's an old song, and this was recorded in London in 2014. I've watched this clip on YouTube a bunch of times. I'll leave a link to this YouTube clip in the description of this podcast, or I'll make me forget to do it. Who knows? So if it's not there, just look up Shiver Man, Fat Freddy's Drop. I don't, probably don't even need to add that. What else is called Shiver Man? Um, but this is a long song, and this is the, the lesson that a lot of musicians should be able to learn from fucking Fat Freddy's Drop. It's just patience. They get there, but they're in no fucking rush to get to their massive, wicked, hooky riffs. Sometimes it takes like 12 minutes 
to get to their hooks. In fact, in this song that I'm about to show you, it takes about 12 minutes for them to even really start the song, right? And then the actual drop that has a fucking sick horns riff um, is like 14, 14 and a half minutes into their wicked little performance there, right, guys? So fuck your little three-minute songs. Live, you jam it, you, you let it breathe, and these guys do it. So I'm going to show you that at the end of this episode. Uh, have yourself a fantastic week, guys. It's a long one. It's a long one. Um, but just be patient and just enjoy it or, you know, digest it at your own speed, you know? No one's fucking forcing you to do anything. But yeah, have a fa uh, fantastic week out there. Let me know if there's any new music that you'd like me to check out and talk about um, and give you my thoughts on. Because that's what I do, guys. I listen to music and I think about it and uh, occasionally try and make some myself. Uh, so I will be getting back um, into recording and stuff next week. So I'll be able to show you guys some new shit because uh, it's been a while and I've felt like a lazy cunt. So I'll, uh, I'll whip myself on the back and... And get back in the producer's chair and try and figure that sort of shit out, right? Yeah, anyway, have a fantastic week out there, guys. You're about to hear um, a live version of Shiver Man from 2014 by Fat Freddy's Drop. Check out their new album, Wairunga, uh, or whatever, I don't know. Check out all the other albums. Hit me up. Have a fantastic time. Take care now. Bye-bye then.
talking but nothing, 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 nothing. I hear you talking about nothing, 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 nothing. I hear you talking about nothing, 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 nothing. I hear you talking about
looking like a runaway Head down to the ground Captivated by the sound Try but you can't speak When you're motivated by the sea To see Shake that 
Yeah. 